Welcome to the 10th episode of the Wire to Wire podcast. I can't believe it's been 10 episodes already. But since it's the lucky number 10, today will be a special episode called The Miseducation of Carmelo Anthony. If you've been listening to this podcast, then you know this is an important topic. I have a lot I need to get off my chest because the truth is, there is a lot of lies and misconceptions out there. Also, later on I'll be joined by marketing expert and basketball analyst Nas, based out in Washington, D.C. So without further ado, let the show begin. Carmelo Anthony is as good as gone for the Houston Rockets, and it only took 10 games for this to happen. Since the announcement was made, like clockwork, the whole Carmelo was trash, he should retire, Melo was washed, talk started happening. Now, of course, I wholeheartedly disagree. Carmelo has this narrative following him, and now it's really getting out of hand. So it's time to debunk this myth. If you're a frequent listener, you might recall in episode 4 when I said that I wasn't a fan of this move since Mike D'Antoni might want to sabotage him for what happened in New York. Well, I was probably the only person in sports media that said that and it seems like it was a prophecy because that's literally what is happening right now. He's making him the fall guy and he played Daryl Morey the GM of the Rockets, for a fool. They knew losing Ariza and Miba Mute would cause their defense to decline. They also lost their defensive strategist, Jeff Bezdilic, and D'Antoni is not a defensive coach. But anyways, let me back this up a little bit here. So Daryl Morey wanted Carmelo Anthony since last season, but he wasn't able to find a suitable trade. This year, they managed to get him on a veteran's minimum. But it seems D'Antoni didn't want him there from the jump. He used him sparingly, and then he ran to Mori and told him this isn't going to work. My question to you guys is who gives up on a player after only 10 games? The truth is, the Rockets, especially D'Antoni, knew they weren't going to be the same team after losing their best defenders in Ariza and Amute. They just brought him on board to be the sacrificial lamb, (laughs) and it worked. But if you look closely, you'll see that logically, the criticism that Carmelo Anthony faces makes no sense. So the first one, he doesn't play defense. But who in the NBA does? You could literally count the number of guys who are defensive specialists in the league. And when you look at the best two-way players, meaning the guys who give it to you on both sides, pause. That list is even smaller. 
The game isn't even about defense anymore. Secondly, people say he does too much isolation basketball. I'm sorry. What does LeBron do when he has the ball on occasion? What about Harden? Chris Paul? What about Kevin Durant on some occasions? Westbrook? What has been the Raptors' game plan on practically every possession the past few years? Now, I'm not saying Melo is better than the guys that I mentioned, but to criticize him for playing isolation basketball in a league where it's prominent, to me is lazy and unfounded. Now here's another one. He's a locker room cancer and he has an ego. Well, he won the NBA award for teammate of the year in 2017. And he agreed to come off the bench for the Rockets and he was doing it. And since he left the team, the Rockets record is under 500 and they sit 13th place in the Western Conference. Harden had a career high 54 points and they still lost to the dysfunctional Washington Wizards. So tell me how Melo was to blame. Oh, and by the way, before we forget, this season, Carmelo had a string of four straight 20-plus point games. He's not washed. As a player, the situation that you're in matters. This union with the Rockets was doomed from the start. And I saw this asteroid coming before it reached Earth. Anyways, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, my special guest Nas will join me, so stay tuned for that. Hello. Hey Nas, how's it going? It's going good, man. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. All right, we here. We in this sucker. Yeah. What's going on, man? Not much, bro. How's it going? How's everything uh, with you? 12 o'clock kickoff, Michigan, Ohio State. You know I'm taking Ohio State. I need this or else I'm going to be on medication for the next six months. I thought you're a uh, you're MSU alum. What I am. I am. I, 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 because we, I hate Michigan so much that I'm going to root for Ohio State. Michigan, <laughs> wait, Michigan State or Michigan State University? Is it the no, same? No, 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 no. There's the University of Michigan, which is the okay. Michigan Wolverines. And then there's yeah. then Michigan State University, which I am the alum of. Yes, the Spartans. The Spartans. So Michigan, University of Michigan, every year since the beginning of uh, – since, since, since Jesus and Muhammad walked the earth, um, <laughs> have played the last game of the Big Ten season. They yeah. have the last game of the Big Ten season in their own schedule. So this year, like it was two years ago, and like it was ten years prior to that, they're both coming into the season highly ranked and only got one loss. Yeah. Um, Michigan lost to Notre Dame. Ohio State did something stupid and lost to Purdue. But – they're playing this big game at 12, and it's in Ohio State, and I'm pulling for Ohio State to win because it would keep yeah. Michigan out of a lot of things, and that makes my that makes my heart happy. Yeah, we don't we don't like those uh, University of Michigan people too much, huh? No, no, we don't. We yeah. look at look, university, the coach University of Michigan is like that Walmart prostitute that doesn't realize they're on sale. That's just who they are. <laughs> <laughs> that's just who they are man but how you been how what's going on with you man i'm a little bit disappointed with what's happening with my guy mellow ah you've recently made some uh inflammatory comments about him and in, in private of course in private conversations we had i don't uh, like what's happening with him i think he's being used as a fall guy a fall guy for what is the first thing i'd ask i'd say for dan tony i think the rockets knew from the beginning that well, I'm not going to say the Rockets organization, but I'll say D'Antoni knew from the beginning that things were not going to be the same since they lost to Riza Miba Mute. Mm-hmm. And Daryl Morey wanted Carmelo for the longest time, and they've always tried to work out trades to get him. They couldn't find a suitable trade. They ended up picking him up for cheap on a veteran's minimum. 
And I think D'Antoni uses this as an opportunity to sabotage him for what happened in New York. You know, um, that's one way of looking at it. Here's another way. What what does D'Antoni and Carmelo Anthony have in common? No defense. No defense. D'Antonio is seven second offense. Get above half court. If you got a, if you got an open shot, you got a green light to take it. The whole notion here is we'll give up ninety points, but that's because we're going to score one hundred and ten. And I'll go back even further today. One of the 2003 draft classes, one, one of the most historic and amazing NBA draft classes anyone has ever seen. You yeah. had LeBron that was untouchable at one. You had Wade, Bosh, Anthony, and then you got Darko in there. You know where I'm going with this. Yeah. The, Pist- the Pistons had that number two pick. I understand why we didn't draft Carmelo. We were coming off of, let's see, what was that? Oh, what was that? Oh, five. It was oh five year. No, no, oh four year. I think it might have been or oh three. It was 03 it going was 03. into the 2004 exactly. season. Okay. They were already defensive heavy. He was not He was not going to play in that championship year, maybe not even much in the, in the 05 year, but we already knew he had defensive liabilities that Larry Brown just was not going to put up with. Now, we didn't think Larry Brown was going to be – we thought Larry Brown would be stick around a little longer than what he was. I still thought Larry Brown kind of shot himself in the foot saying what he said, but, you know, you can't tell an old man – teaching them new ways of handle things. You had two old men in Detroit. You had Davidson and you had Larry Brown. They were stuck in their ways. But my point, but my bigger point was I understood why they didn't draft Mello. It, it blew my mind to this day, even though Bosch had a health issue, but look how many years you would have gotten out of Bosch an easy 10 plus look what you could have gotten out of Wade. You know, those guys would have never left Detroit. I think because they all would have been NBA champions within the first four years of their, of their career. They would have had no reason to leave. It would change the history of that big three, and it would have been something else. So I see why Melo just is not going to be a good fit. Here's the downside to it all. I used to say this about another player that Carmelo reminded me of. Carmelo reminds me right now of Vince Carter. Here was okay. the problem against Vince Carter, when, ironically, out of Toronto. Best thing that ever happened in Toronto. Best thing. I, I agree. You put, Best thing. Uh, you put Toronto basketball on the map. And sure. it's, I, yeah, you took a Florida guy, he put Toronto on the map. Now, here was the thing. I remember seeing him in 02 in the playoffs, and his body wasn't nothing. It was all jacked up. And I said, how's a guy who's got an explosive game, knee problem, back problem? If you remember the beginning part of his career, he was injury prone. And you're thinking, how's the guy playing into his 40s? Well, because <laughs> yeah. he, he, he didn't get that far in the playoffs, and he didn't have that deep. Um, wear and tear on his body, but I think somewhere I got to look into it closer. I think he just wised up, got the trainer, got with the nutritionist, made some better decisions health-wise, and his body's paying him back. You know the the, the benefits of it while he's now forty. Well, that's a little. But what he had to do was he had to reinvent his game. You know, Vince Carter's not gonna jump over the parking lot and the and and, and the concession stand and dunk like he did in '03, like he did in 2001. He's not that player anymore. And Carmelo, I think, for whatever reason, seems to think he could still be that ISO, you know, that ISO guy. The thing about it is in New York, you didn't have anybody better. So, really, you could still hold on to that. When he left and went to OKC, you could, the ball can't stick with you. It's got to move. Yeah, but the thing is, too, though, Carmelo, his game was never really based on athleticism. It was more predicated on skill and speed, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, his game should be aging well. Like, I get what you're saying about the ISO. But in OKC, he wasn't doing much ISO ball. Like He, was, he became a catch-and-shoot player. In Houston, he was being used as a catch-and-shoot player. Well, who's ball-dominant like, in Houston? Who's the wind-up player in Houston? Yeah, Harden and Chris Paul. 
there you go. And but that the ball whole... between them is not enough to go around for Melo to have the ball. So he's going to be catch and shoot. He's going to be on the receiving end of plays. He was told to come off the bench, and he came off the bench. Even though he has the talent and the ability to be a starter, he was willing to come off the bench. So at least give him the, the flexibility and the freedom to be effective. Like, it's one thing if you tell him to be catch and shoot alongside Harden and Chris Paul, but to ask him to be catch and shoot on a depleted bench is a little bit is questionable, I would it's, say. It's questionable, but let me go back and look at the film. How often was he in the game consistent with, 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 with the backup bench? He might be that way come the end of the first quarter into the second, but by the late third and the fourth quarter, any coach who's, who, who's worth their weight in salt is going to put in his best five players, and Melo is going to be one of the five on the floor with seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So that, that, that argument that he has, and I hear you, that holds water up until about mid-third quarter. After that, it really is, other than maybe a two-minute rest spell that you'll get maybe around the 11, you'll, you'll probably get around the uh, fourth quarter starts, you'll probably get between 11 minutes to eight minutes, you'll get that three-minute rest. Other than that, I really don't see how he was going to be playing too much with the backups. And this, I think this all came down to he said he'd make the sacrifice. He thought that would buy him some currency. I, I'm with him on that. That's a big, that's a big pill to swallow. But when the, some guys can't come off the bench, not because they're not team guys, their game is just not susceptible to it. Now, Manu Ginobili never started. Ginobili yeah. let, played such a long career on his knees because Pop knew to come, have, he was best coming off the bench. Ginobili in those championships never started unless someone was hurt, injured, suspended. And when he played, if you remember when he started, Pop had to actually cut out his minutes because he was playing more minutes as being a starter. Because when you needed him to be in that backup role, he still had to be on the floor. So it, it threw off the rotation. And in this instance, I think it threw off Carmelo's game. And like you say, okay, how does a 15-year veteran get their game thrown off? You're right. That should not happen. In my mind of minds, it's basically going to be – he could alter that game, but I think his inability to have the coach – that could have him do it is a big part of it. One is Melo not willing. The other one is a coach not saying, okay, you may not want to, but I'm going to find a way that you can. I guarantee he wouldn't have had that problem in San Antonio. Guarantee you. Guarantee he wouldn't have had that problem in San Antonio. So uh, this is, and then you don't know what, and think about it. You got to understand what's going on in this world, in the guy's world's personal life. You say it may not be much. He, he's a high profile guy with a high profile wife. We've seen what we see in the news. It's gonna have it's gonna it's gonna have an effect on you. You human like anybody else. Let's just yeah, be but, honest. From what I'm understanding, I mean, you know, they got that resolved. They're working on it, so I shouldn't be you, bothering him too you, much. You you think you think, but you know, there's money involved, and you're thinking about the money moves you're trying to make. I mean, there's there's so much that goes into it. I mean, these guys are human, just nonetheless. Don't get me wrong, but his ability to 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 I think adjust to what the NBA is now. Let's be honest, the NBA now than it was five years ago. Is different, and that's the reason why you've seen Golden State in the finals every year since 2015. Now you're going to say, well, they got Durant. Well, they were in they were in the finals 2015, 2016, 2015, yeah, 15 and 16 before Durant came along. Yeah, but like even in today's NBA, guys are not playing defense. Like Kyrie Irving recently had a quote where he said, "Guys don't play defense anymore." And two things, two things with that. Three. The things game is very ISO heavy as well. It is. So, I mean, it he is. should be like he should be blending in perfectly with today's league. Well, problem with Chris Paul is Chris Paul's problem is not the defense, or Chris Paul's problem is not what the lack thereof. Chris Paul's problem is that he can't stay healthy. Yeah. Chris Paul literally should have been in the last two NBA Finals or three NBA Finals, and he just got snake bit and injury at the worst of times, the worst of times. They got San Antonio. They beat San Antonio in the repeat year 
and went to the Knicks series, and he was hurt. Then you had yeah. where the next year after that, where they they went, they're playing, and Paul goes down, and Blake goes down. Then there's the one where they're playing, and they're up big against Houston, and they give away that game in the third, fourth quarter, and they end up giving away the series. So uh, the L.A. Clippers experiment really didn't work. I always thought that DeAndre Jordan was uh, an issue because clogged up the middle. You had nowhere to operate. But they you were, know, I, I like mm-hmm. that you're talking about Chris Paul because, honestly, I look at him and Carmelo in the same – like they're, to me, they're they two sides of the same coin. They, don't, they both don't have the same playoff success. They have the exact same number mm-hmm. of conference finals appearances. Melo's just been healthier. So why do, we give, why do we give Chris Paul a pass for his lack of playoff success and then we give Carmelo a hard time in the same breath? Well, here's, here's why I will say that. One, Paul has made the players around him better. You can't say that about Carmelo. That's one. Number two – uh, Melo has actually stayed healthier, and because you stay healthier, that puts you in games where you have to perform. And I'm not saying that Paul's going out there getting hurt on purpose because no player with their salary wants to do that. But you can't. But but you can you can you say that Chris Paul let you down if he sat out three games out of five in a series? No. Can you say that Chris Paul blew the season or he he choked in the last five seconds of a game if he never ever played the last two rounds of the playoff push they had? No. I'm not saying – I'm saying that, the, that that as much of a curse as the injuries have been, in a lot of ways it shielded him from some of the criticism, whereas Melo's been healthy. Melo hasn't sat out. But unfortunately, because you haven't sat out, you've had to bear the brunt of having to live through the games that you did not win. I wouldn't say that he doesn't make players better. I mean, that 2013 Knicks team, uh, Jared Smith became sixth man of the year. And, okay, where'd they go? They, they lost in a – they lost in the semifinals to the Pacers, but Melo was battling a shoulder injury that series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's not, not making. Yeah, but what they did the next you know, year after that? What they do the next year after that? That was 2015. Yeah, but by then the team morale was down. You saw what happened. That comes they, back to that comes back to management, but that goes back to the whole the whole list of you know you can have great players and have bad management, which makes bad players. I mean, we see it across all different franchises. I mean, the Detroit Lions. You had Megatron. He quit and walked away. I don't blame him. I went to school with his wife. There's, yeah. there's, 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 I, 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 knew her, I knew her personally. So yeah. I can understand why he wanted to walk away. Barry Sanders walked away, got tired of losing. Now, that's the NFL where your health and your well-being is more so on the line. Yeah, uh, sure. but, but, but likewise, uh, you, got, you got guys with superb out-of-this-world, outer-space talent, and management could just put you in a position where where's your future? So likewise with Melo, Phil Jackson was not a good GM. I'm gonna name I'm I'm gonna name you guys that were amazing at who they were. I hate the Bulls and I hate the Lakers at that time with Phil. Great coach, can't take it away. Eleven rings, he did something right, yeah. right? Town in no town, he did something right. Okay, but not a great GM. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, great NBA player, not horrible a good coach. GM. Not a great GM or or a good coach. And he had remember a little bit of that minority stake in Toronto when they first came into the league. Yeah. So um, not so great at all. I mean, you, you've seen it time and time again where the best coaches are never been the best former players. Yeah. They've always been the other guys who didn't have the talent that could just reach players because they had to hone in another way. That's so, true. No, so I was saying that's, that's really where the hallmark of all this comes from. So back to Melo, I think a team will pick him up because we've seen working stiffs in the NBA just being their 11th, 13th, 14th and don't have nowhere near a 10th of the talent Melo has and they're yeah. on the they're on the, on somebody's roster making four million a year, five million a year. You're like, really? You're just stealing money. Like, <laughs> retire already, retire. I think he can. Would he go to the Lakers? I think I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at how they're 
it's all about positioning. It's all about how you fit the scheme. You know, a, yeah. a casual fan says, oh, I want to see Melo LeBron. Yeah, that's great. That sells T-shirts. But when you get into a playoff series and it's all about matchups, how when the ball's stuck over here and LeBron's got to have it over here, your game plan is about getting this guy in foul trouble, but LeBron's got the ball, but he doesn't have it because Carmelo has it. So it, it's, it's, it, it's really about that chess game, and real coaches and GMs understand this. That's why you've seen the Lakers not go out there and get him so soon. I still say to this day his best shot was in Miami. Wasn't that wasn't the year that LeBron was saying, get me talent, get Wade is breaking down in his body and this is not enough. That was the moment they should have spent. They did what a lot of GMs do once they win and win big. They think they can recreate the success and don't have to go into the luxury tax. That's the one thing against and and that's the one and they settle. And that's the one thing against Mickey Arison that I didn't like. He 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 showed he could spend the money, but when it came time to spend that extra money and that builds that dynasty, you didn't do it. And I still think that if Melo came to Miami, he would have re-signed for another two years, and they would have won another two rings. Yeah, but see, now that we're talking about luxury tax, right? Mm-hmm. The, the Rockets, that's exactly why they didn't keep Ariza, why they let Miba Mute go, because they didn't want to spend the extra money. Like, if you really name, have the confidence that I'll, you can win. I'll name you another team, I'll name you another team that, that did the same thing, and they had half a much of budget, and they're nowhere near as big as Houston. Oklahoma City. You had that moment Harden. where you had you had Harden, you had Westbrook, you had Durant, and you had um, a block Abaca. They decided that they knew Abaca was coming up, and they knew they wanted to keep him. And obviously Durant and Westbrook, they're like, oh, we're not going to go luxury tax to pay Harden. If you, with the exception of Durant, you look at Harden, he's been the better player than you say. Westbrook had that one year right afterwards where, where, where Durant left. Yeah, that's because he was healthy. But yeah. every year after that, he won healthy. So. I'm going to say that out of all of them, with the exception of obviously Durant, because Durant's won two rings, Durant is the one, I mean, uh, Harden is the one who had the better the better career since and deeper playoff run since, unfortunately. And that's why they had the chance to really build something. And I always thought it wasn't the, they had the talent. Uh, you know what I always thought the issue was? The coach. Yeah. Matt Brooks couldn't do it. And I always said the reason why Brooks couldn't do it is Brooks could not keep Westbrook in line. You got to be able to take an erratic player like that, let him be erratic, but you got to have the ability to pull the reins in on him. And you could yeah. tell he could. You, you could tell he just Brooks didn't know how. You needed a coach that could come in there and put the reins on Westbrook in a in the right way, because you don't want to take away from who he is, but yeah. in a right enough way where he's not speed dribbling on a two on, on two on one three on one fast break and pulls up for a three. Like, you don't, you're three on one. Why are you pulling up for the three? It was poor shot selection, and Brooks allowed it. I still say that that moment was their highest point, was how crazy it was, was I think Westbrook in the corner not realizing what the clock was in, 20, <laughs> in 2012 yeah. and had the shot clock violation and, and it handed the ball back over to, uh, uh, no, he shot, yeah, he shot, excuse me, he shot the ball too early, and then I think he gave the ball back to Miami. Um, and LeBron, if you remember, was cramped in that game. It was Mario Chalmers that hit the shot. Yeah. So LeBron was cramped. It was all setting up for OKC to win that one and for LeBron to be the GOAT again. I'm telling you, man, I mean, owners, I mean, it's a lot of money, but those owners, they said they want to win. When, to be honest with you, if you look at it, if you're just making conference runs finals, you make just about as much money as you do being in NBA finals. Not yeah, almost. True. I mean, you, you still give it up some cash, but the money that you pay in a luxury tax to see if you can get there when if you just fall short every year in the conference finals, you're still coming out with a very good profit. And I think owners see that and refuse to pay that luxury tax as a result. There's there's a lot of layers to this. Like, I think mm-hmm. the Rockets' bad management 
was the start of everything. I mm-hmm. think the fact that Melo was going to a team that had D'Antoni, I think that also wasn't a good sign. And I honestly, I didn't like the move because I always suspected something like this would happen. Mm-hmm. The, Houston's issues are a lot deeper than just him. And I just think now that he's just a guy that people are kind of looking to to blame for it. Like, he just has that stigma that's, sur- that's surrounding him in his career. He he is, um, and I will say that he, a lot of ways, he has no one to blame but for himself in that career. Because here's the thing. No one's saying that Carmelo is, you know, a, a troublemaker. No one's saying that he is a locker room problem. No one is saying really that he does drugs or he takes performance enhancement stuff. His issue has been willingness to change, willingness to mold, willingness to enhance his game. He dropped the weight. You saw he was coming back. He got him brand Jordan. And you thought he really had, you know, reinvented himself. And to be honest with you, I think he got to New York. If you ask me what it is, I think he's he's New York heartbroken. He went to New York and put so much into leaving where he was in Denver, getting to a place where he thought was going to be home. And it, it, it comes back to what New York is. You come to New York and you realize, oh, my God, it's a mob of people that will hang me. And you got an owner who says he'll do what he's going to do. Dolan has always been who Dolan has been. Yeah, you know they a, they were they were still guy. no, they were still stuck paying on the Allen Houston contract from like two thousand and three. <laughs> you know it's 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 absurd. So here's like LeBron, give it to LeBron on IQ. He said one, I'm not messing with Phil Jackson. And number two, he said I'm not dealing with that franchise. He yeah. hates New York because yeah. he hates how they operate, and because he, and I and I know the reason why. It's primarily because, LeBron, you're not going to call the shots here. I'm going to yeah. call the shots here. I own MSG. I run this. You're, and I don't care who big a star you are. I've had Ewing here. Michael Jordan's played in here. This is the Mecca. I will call the shots. And for LeBron, you know, he wants to have a say. You know, Magic and Genie said, look, you know, you can trust us, but we're going to do what you want. We'll try to do what you want. If you might have seen that 10-second um, that uh, Instagram clip with uh, you had um, – Kobe's uh, agent, and then they got LeBron at the table with uh, with Rich Paul, and they're filling out signing papers, basically his yeah. contract. And they said, at any point in time, if you feel there's something here that's not to your liking, you know, we want to know about it. We want to know yeah. about it in, in, in quick, fast, and hurry. Now, you can say that's all for show in the cameras, but I will bet you right now, I'll bet you season tickets. It's exactly what they said, and then some behind closed doors. That's exactly what they said. Yeah, but even to even to that, I think there's an extent to it. I mean, mm-hmm. if he was behaving like – not saying that he was misbehaving in Cleveland because I don't think he did anything wrong. But if mm-hmm. he wanted to get certain guys paid that everyone knows they're not deserving of that contract, exactly I'm, what he sure, did. I'm sure they'll draw the line and say, yeah, this is not happening. Well, they started to do so. that. and I, They started to do that. And I believe one of the biggest takeaways to that is um, when he was going out there and Tristan Thompson was holding out and he got Tristan Thompson a big, a, a, a big contract and the same thing with JR, the same thing with a lot of these other guys. And I said to myself, this sounds like a guy who's got one foot out the door. Or, because I said to myself, you're, you're lacing yourself down, you're strapping yourself down with guys that on, in the next two or three years aren't going to return what you're paying them. They're just not. That's what this league's about. What are you getting yeah. back on your return? And I said, okay, but that could still be LeBron yeah. because at the end of the day, you might have that owner who's just willing to pay because it's Cleveland. Let's be honest. This is your shot right here. Cleveland will never win again. From for yeah. their, unless they get another guy from Akron, no agent was ever going to leave Miami or LA or Houston or a a, a, a San or a San Antonio, leave consistent winning and good living areas to come to Cleveland. 
The only person that's going to do that is a homer. And the sad yeah. part is no one had the hometown love like LeBron. Chris Webber played from Detroit, but played for Detroit back in 07 when he was already washed up. You notice he – I noticed that when he was a free agent yeah. in 2000 and then Grand Hill had left, and he was, a, I think, a 2000, 1990, 2000, he was an NBA free agent. He decided to resign with Sacramento. He did not stay. I mean, he, he did not come to Detroit. And that had been the year before he was, you know, all injury prone. So guys, when they come back home, they'll come back yeah. home living out a legacy. But they don't ever do it when they're um, in their prime. And they just, the home thing is just not so- soothing. But for LeBron, he embraced it. But we all knew, we all knew that what that owner did was not just – he was coming home for Cleveland. He was not doing it for the owner. And in the back of his mind, he never forgot it. And I still think to this day that Dave Gilbert always hated him for it, but just put on a face saying, we're going to get him and we're going to do fine. But when it came to LeBron gouging him a little bit more, Gilbert saw it. And Gilbert said, you know what? I got my ring. You got your ring. We got what we each other wanted. You know, money's on the dresser. Uh, see your way out. Yeah. That's literally what it was. And that's kind of what happened with Melo in New York in a way. You wanted to come back home. You know, because mm-hmm. he was born in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. he moved to Baltimore. But he really, I, I think he wanted to kind of have that in a fairy tale what year, ending as well. What year did Melo go to the conference finals? Oh nine. That, no, that and was you know, nine. That was and, yeah with the Nuggets. With and the you nuggets know who helped uh, lead that? Who was uh, that point guard there? That's good old Chauncey Billups. That's Detroit doing a no-brainer because they look back on it and yeah. say that was horrible trading Billups yeah. for Iverson, and we know that was horrible. And that was again bad management saying we don't want to be in the tax. Let's rebuild, and we have never been the same since. Well, the reason why is because they wanted to absorb Iverson's contract so mm-hmm. they can have cap space. And the thing is, too, like it didn't make basketball sense because Iverson, that's my all-time favorite player, but there's no bias. Like he, his game didn't decline. It's just they were bringing him into a system. No, it didn't. didn't it did, it's, and that's why I brought it up because it reminds me so much of Carmelo. I mean, his Iverson was the ball cannot move. It's going to have to be with him. That's what he made a killing. In, look, look, look at who he had in Philly. Aaron McKee played for the Pistons back in the day. Then you had who you had? You had you had Willie Green. You had uh, you, you had a washed up Dakembe Mutombo. You had uh, McCullough. You had guys. Really, you wouldn't run plays for man. God, you, yeah, you wouldn't run plays for like a bald headed guy with tattoos. Like you're just not running plays for this dude. You're not. But that's the point. That fits the system. So anything those guys get is cream. It's candy. It's extra. More importantly, you don't have to run plays for those guys. Those guys are all about balance the floor. Floor space, and you just you, you shoot the lanes, you shoot the passing angles, you shoot the driving lanes, and, and you rebound, and you get back on defense. That's pretty much what that was, and that and that could win. The problem is they went into one of the all-time greatest teams in the LA Lakers in 01. That team lost one game. It was the first game against yeah. them. They went 15 and one. They went 16 and one. Yeah. So if they went up against any yes! other team, oh, I think oh, oh yes, oh, I, I think so. I think I think yes, yeah. that was that was its own kind yeah. of team, and then the Lakers declined from there. They did decline yeah. from there. So, but back to Melo, where he goes from here, I don't think he's out. Put it this way, he's not out of the league because on some of these teams, look at a Dallas or a Detroit. You got guys on that team that are eighth, ninth, tenth guy in the lineup, and they're making money. Now, is Carmelo, is Carmelo going to be 8, 9, yeah. 10 and get paid what he's getting paid? No. Once his contract cycles out, he's going to have to take a pay cut. But here's my thing. He's going to definitely have a spot. If he's healthy, he's going to be on somebody's roster. My question is, is he going to be a contribution yeah. and where will he be? I think he could end up mid-year around the trade deadline onto somebody. I think he can – or if not before then. Um, and here's where I see where he'll be put on yeah. a team that's winning. Mid-season – it's a, tr- it's, it's a, it's a, it's a rent it for a half a season. You got nothing to lose. 
and you sign them to the contract for the rest of the season. And if it works out, great, you're a genius. If it doesn't, hey, we tried, but we're going to go another direction, and you got nothing to lose. And that's going to be one of these playoff-type teams yeah. that need that extra piece. I could see him going ending up in Philadelphia. I could see Philadelphia saying, you know what? Our bench is a bit depleted. We need a score to complement Butler and Simmons. I think and let's be honest, with the exception of Chris Paul, what leader you got on that Houston team? And here's the other problem with Chris Paul. Chris Paul basically is can't he has to play it two ways because he Chris Paul is also the voice of the players union. He can't come out and really be too what he is yeah. because that's going to be problematic when you're coming back to that board, which is coming up pretty soon. That's where him and LeBron are. So LeBron yeah. and him had to be very careful yeah. how they handle their free agency because you can't be there talking about, well, you guys handled your free agency this way. Now you want us all to be locked, you know, rank and file on it. It, it, it comes back yeah. to money. So uh, I, not that every single yeah. dribble is money because it's not, but at the end of the day, it's still the game and it's still, you know, you're, you're running off of emotion. But I do believe that, you know, that Chris yeah. Paul probably could be a better leader than what he's what he's been. And here's what I mean by that. You got guys that demand the ball. Lead those kinds of guys. I'm not talking about the Arizas, Redick. Those guys are always going to follow somebody like a Paul because they're great. They're, they're, they're great team leaders. It's how you get yeah. the Hardens. How do you get the Blake Griffins? And let's be honest, in, 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 in L.A., I don't think he was as much the leader. He put, he put his team on his back against the San Antonio series. I admired him for that. But then you get injured again, and you get injured again, and you get injured again. It just – it became to be the point where it's like, okay, either you're going to have to sit out games the way San Antonio does, or legitimately you're going to have to alter how you play. And with Melo, I really don't know. Where do you think he's going to end up besides Philly? To be honest, the only thing I can think of is the Lakers maybe. I could see LeBron saying, you know what, we need some Mm -hmm. veteran guy in here who can shoulder some of the scoring. Because if you notice right now, the Lakers are winning, but LeBron has to play Mm -hmm. like Hercules to get them those wins. And and I think, and that's, if that takes its toll, and I think a guy like him will say, you know what, Mm -hmm. a guy like Melo is available. He's going to talk to Magic, and I think there will be a little bit of hesitance, but they're like, you know what, LeBron's our guy, he's our leader. If we can do this for him, then let's do it. So I say Philadelphia Here's my Lakers thing. Who are comes off options. the bench to back up LeBron? I know he doesn't go off the floor much, but who comes in the game to back up LeBron right now in L.A.? Isn't it Kuzma? No, he's not. But is Kuzma he really starts. the one assigned to back up? Who's going to be bringing up the ball and that would actually uh, be able to is, – is it Kuzma? Okay. I know Le- – there's, there's one guy – there's one guy that Melo will come off the bench every single game and it be only specifically for LeBron. Yep. And I don't nope. think he would mind that because he knows in his heart of hearts that. No, no, I don't think it's about knowing the better player. I think it, this goes back to that USA Basketball 2004. This goes back. This goes back to those yeah. guys are all about something that's beyond basketball. They're beyond yeah. him, Wade, Melo, are all guys about beyond basketball. The only issue here is Wade and LeBron got rings to back it up because Melo never was a part of what they put together in Miami. He had the chance, but again, he took. Yeah. He he was saying, "I'm gonna take a severe pay cut, and I don't know if they're gonna be able to hold on much in Miami." So he went the money move, and this is the problem. Yeah. What happens when you go for the money, yeah. and it doesn't work out that way? Because had he taken less, let's true, be honest, yeah. had he taken less money, let me tell you something. He might have had a little bit less money because he wouldn't have had those max dollars, but he might have gotten that ring. And like you said, when you get that ring. All that talk goes away. That Durant stuff. Remember when Durant? The knock against Durant was, LeBron got the ring. He got to go through LeBron to get it. Well, he knocked him out in 2017 and turned around to 2018. We ain't and nobody since has come back to say anything about how LeBron, Durant can't seem to get over the hill. Now the questions become: 
How many does he want to win in, in Golden State? And is he going to be leaving? I say he's gone. I say he's gone. But yeah. here's the thing. Golden State could win without him. Could he go to L.A.? I guess you could. And maybe that's the one thing that keeps Carmelo from not going to L.A. Or it's come to L.A., re- revitalize your career. If you're here, we definitely can get the lock on Durant. So if you yeah. ask me this whole – and since this little fight, the little tiff they had with Draymond, because, you know, Draymond can't seem to love Draymond to death. Love him to pieces. Love him to my heart burst. That's yes. Yes. He's, from he's Flint, spark, too. Yeah. From Flint. So, you know, the guy don't take no mess. Yeah, but Flint, don't take Michigan, no mess. Yeah. But the same thing to make you laugh, make you cry. And I still think that it comes back down yeah. to where they say is, you need us. We necessarily don't need you. We've proven that we've. You, you, that's the case. But you, do you want to get in a position where you get guys that start getting injured and you get guys that have to make at late career moves? Let's be honest. If you're if you're Igadawa again, are you going to resign less for less money again when you know you got maybe three more years left in the league? No, you're going to think about your family. You're going to think about your future, and you're going to take the be- the best deal that you can get because you've already got those rings. You want to keep winning, but then yeah. you're going to say, I, I, "This is the money yeah. I'm going to make for the rest of my days." I got I got I got to get the extra ten twelve million I can get say in Sacramento. Or say I get back in Philly again, I'm just gonna do it. And and you see those kinds of players, dude. That's the NBA that we're in now. But I do believe if you're yeah. Golden State, don't rub things too wrong the wrong way because Melo lines up in LA. Yeah, LA doesn't do nothing to you maybe this year. Maybe they give another team a heart a heart attack, but not much to you. But then now Durant dips. Now LA look yeah. a lot much better when you got Durant. A backup Mello or Mello would start, and you know uh, Magic would shuffle around the roster, but you essentially would have an L.A. showtime of yeah. Durant, LeBron, and Mello. And whatever they said about Mello right now, a year from now, you'd be like, what? That's the biggest – they would say, you know what? Getting cut from Houston was the best thing that ever happened to his career. That's exactly how the story could play out. Yeah. Right now it looks crazy. M- Miami looked nuts. They had, I think, what was it, seven guys on roster before they signed LeBron that summer? The season was over in April. Free agency wasn't until yeah. July. They said they had like about seven guys on roster. They didn't even have enough for a full team because they, yeah. they, they held off on acquiring mm-hmm. anybody so that they could sign two max guys. And what happened? Now, again, yeah. that, that's Russ rolling the dice. Yeah. Because keep in mind, if they didn't, they were going to have to field a full NBA team in the offseason, and the talent wasn't exactly there. Yeah. So, so I'm – yeah. LA could be doing the same thing, except they're doing it on the fly. Yeah, and you know what? They love you, they hate you, and then they love you again. That mm-hmm. phrase right there is kind of remind me of what you just said about Melo. You know, everyone has all this stuff to say about him, but if somehow the Lakers can pick him up and then they can build this championship contending team, the perspective will definitely. Well, here's change. the thing: because here's here's the unique of it: because Melo hadn't started with the Lakers. Um, from the beginning of the season, we've been able to get a good idea. I mean, uh, All-Star Burke is coming up in about a couple months. We've gotten a good idea of what these Lakers team, yeah. this Lakers team is. So if you were to add Melo now, you'd be able to yeah. say, all right, I know for a fact that it was Melo that was a difference maker. And I think, I think for Melo, that's going to be big yeah. because I think he needs that affirmation that it was him that could help change that because so often it's not, he's the reason why it goes yeah. south versus why it goes north. Um, I think that would, I think that would, like you said, that that would re- reinvigorate his career. I think they would get maybe semifinal or conference final if they get mellow. They're semifinal for sure. Conference final, I don't know, but you know, stranger yeah. things happen. Guys get injured. You get a lucky bounce and a lucky game yeah. go your way. You could change the series, catch you know, catch lightning in a bottle. Would they win the West? No, not if Durant is focusing. They're not winning the West. No, I don't. But no. that in enough could be all yeah. right. Durant says, I see you guys. Uh, I, I worry about this come off season. I'm chasing this ring, 
and you could get you could get you could get the you could get the cordial bow out. Golden State wins again, blows out whoever comes out in the East in a sweep. Forget five games in a sweep, and um and, and basically Durant says, yeah. "Hey, I appreciate the Warriors franchise. You've been nothing but good to me. I've got three straight rings out of it. I just feel like it's time for me to move on and do something else." And he goes to the Lakers. Yep, and he goes to Southern California, California, and now you're dealing with what? You got Melo there. And let me tell you something. Golden State may say leave, but what they never saw was when they told him leave in, in November or in October in that little fighting tiff, they never said they never said leave with the thought of, oh, Melo's in L.A. Let's be honest. That's right down the road. Yeah. You're going to have to play him four times a year, and you're going to have to yeah. play him every season. LeBron already enough as it is gives the Warriors fits mm-hmm. regardless of who's around him. And now you have to go up against Durant, and then you have to go up against the bench Melo. It'd it be would problem. be. That's why the earlier uh, Melo gets with them, the better they're going to be in terms of getting that cohesion because they're going to need that cohesion. But remember, they played on USA Basketball. And I, I, th- I think LeBron would yeah. be more of – I hate to say this, though. I think Chris Paul can tell D'Antonio what to do, but D'Antonio still is going to have that moxie that's going to say, no, I'm coach. Uh, Bill uh, uh, Walton Jr. is yeah. not going to tell LeBron, I'm taking you out the game. I mean, LeBron was telling him, keep me in the game. or You know, what, it's what it's been. So I still believe that um, – I still think that's crazy yeah. as it sounds. I think personally L.A. is the better fit for Melo. Basketball wise, it doesn't look it, it doesn't look it, but I gotta see I say I gotta let it play out. On paper, it don't look good. It doesn't look yeah. good. But if I say let it play out, yeah. here's the thing I said to yourself. Is LA gonna be worse with him than without? That's the thing. I don't think defensively would make much of a difference because they're already not a good defensive team as it is. I hate to say it though, so. but it's it, it, you, you've seen it, athletes do this all the time. When you get popped in the mouth and you see that lip bleed. And that and your head, you know, that head gets cocked back at the first second. You say, "Whoa, whoa, wait a minute! I just got, I just got hit off the line of a line of scrimmage really hard. I didn't, I didn't expect that." You tend yeah. to come to a yeah. moment of clarity. And I think when you got guys telling Melo, yeah. "You should retire," mind you, when they said that, I'm thinking, "Okay, so where's the ACL injury? Uh, where's the back injury? You know, where's the yeah. Grant Hill injury? Where's the Tracy McGrady injury?" All those guys, when they said retire, here's yeah. the thing: they were on the downside of injury. They couldn't play a full game. Look, Melo, Melo is yeah, playing a backup true. role because there's not a starting position, not because he can't play starter minutes. He can play starter minutes. That's the issue. So I, I keep saying this is this yeah. is, the reason why this is rare is Antonio McDice, injury, back end of his career. Tracy McGrady, the knees, injury, back end of his career. Even Dwayne Wade, injury, back end of his career. Melo's the only guy I look at it and I say to yeah. myself, He's been pretty much relatively healthy. So I think his issue is yeah. between the ears, not between the joints. I would agree with that. I think these past these past few years, there's been a lot of hardship on the guy mm-hmm. as a professional player. And he's never really had to have adversity No, he's like had. This, he's never had the support system. I think Carl, end, George Carl was one of the best coaches he could have yeah. had. And he again, they were doing well, but he wanted to go to New York free agency. Who coached him in New York and how great of a yeah. franchise was in New York. And let's be honest, it was a weak East. And it was Chicago and Miami at the time you had to get through. And they couldn't get through either either one of them. Even in the regular season, they couldn't beat them. So uh, the Amari Stoudemire experiment, fail. You know, he wasn't even healthy. You know, again, the best years will be – all those guys were all coming off of career-altering injuries. Melo, for the most part, healthy as can be. How's a guy – That's true. How's a guy who's underperformed – I'll ask you this. I'll let you get in. How's a guy who's underperformed has been relatively the healthiest. Most guys who underperform like this aren't healthy. 
Chris Paul. And that's the thing. His game was never really based on athleticism, mm-hmm. like I was saying earlier. It's mostly just been about fundamental and skills. Like the post-up requires a little bit of finesse and speed, but you don't need no, to be athletic. No, footwork, footwork. Vladi Divac showed us that. Vladi Divac, slow, it slow as a rock. Yeah, it'll be interesting oh, to definitely. see what happens. Um, I'll say this, though, that the NBA has gotten to the point where you're not getting that kind of grind on your body. Why you see guys right now breaking down like China is a few things. One, they're playing uh, – no, no, this is why they're breaking down like cheap China. The reason why they're breaking down so much is, is this. They're playing games, obviously, younger. They're playing more games in their middle school and high school career. I mean, they're racking up games in AAU. And, and then you know yeah. the thing? You know what else that speaks to? I'll tie it all together in a bow for you. That speaks to the lack of defense. If you've been to some of these AAU games, they're playing yep. maybe sometimes three, four, five, six games in a weekend. Okay? They're not preaching a whole lot yeah. of defense, and everybody's, everybody on the team is talented. That's the thing. An AAU ball with the LeBron feel, all those guys, think about it, all those guys by themselves were star players on their own teams. And now they get a chance to play together. They're all basically Olympic basketball playing. That's what that is. I mean, if you ask me, you guys are wearing down sooner in their careers because they're playing more games earlier on. Then you got guys that are playing in the AU game where basically defense is a backseat and it's all about how we're going to wow and win because that's what recruits you. That's what gets you to Duke. And, and that's, and that's yep. what it is. You tie all that in. You're not seeing guys playing four years in college where they're seeing the nutritionist, the, you know, the physical therapist, and they're getting that kind of treatment. Yeah. And more importantly, they're seeing guys blow injuries in college and seeing the money they lose and saying, oh, that's not going to be me. I'm going to take care of myself. So now you get guys where it was unhurt. Yeah. Look, 82 games. We've been playing 82 games for what? How long? How many? For what? Two decades now? You never saw yeah. you never saw Jordan or, or Isaiah Bird or give me or, or Iverson. You didn't see them resting these guys uh, every third game the last you know three yeah. weeks of the season because the the the, the Bulls had seventy two wins. They were clearly the number one seed in the East uh, about two months prior to end the season. You didn't see them shut down Pippen and Jordan much. Yeah. I don't recall that. They didn't have to. No, they didn't well, they have blow, to. I, mean, but, I mean, yeah, they blow teams out by the third yeah. quarter and the game was over. But my point is, they still played. You got guys now where you're in the number two yeah. seed and you, or the three seed and you're, and you're sitting guys. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or like yeah. if you're on a back-to-back. Yeah, and they the do that for the last month the of the season game. and all their back-to-backs keeping guys fresh. And I said, I understand it now. But I said it never used to be the common practice. I know Popovich wrote the book on this. That's how he extended guys' careers. He was put this way. He wasn't doing that with Duncan in the yeah. first ten years of Duncan's career. He did that once injuries and age kicked yeah. in. But Popovich was always playing his guys until he realized they were coming out of prime, and that's what it was going to be. And that's how he had to attack it. So in my mind, that's really where the lack of yeah. defense falls off. And was also NBA rules changed, hand check rule. All that was geared towards what do fans want? What yeah. sells? The the Pistons were just killing. David Stern the last so many years where it was keeping teams, what, to 80, 85 points a game, and it was a slugfest, you don't see that yeah. anymore. The rules changed. Yeah. And even to coaches back in the day, you know, we used to say, you know, the three ball. Fool's goal. You know, the, Fool's you, goal, yeah. You shouldn't focus on the three ball. Yeah. You should focus on getting into the paint, you know, drawing contact, getting to the line. Now you look 27 at threes a game. Up. Like, I looked at the other day, and I'm like, you're eight for, yeah. you're eight yeah. for 21. How is that efficient? And I'm thinking, like, that sad part is I can remember both worlds where I said eight for 21. I said, that's a lot of threes. In my world, that's a lot of threes. 
Because yeah. Larry Brown would have heart attacks when you put up that many threes. Because what he's saying is you're not you're not you're not using <laughs> yeah. the possession and even even Popovich, you're not moving the ball side to side, you're not making the defense shuffle, and you're not wearing them down on defense. You're letting them off the hook on defense. And so yeah. the game changed. And that's fine. Changed. And the teams that adjusted one, Spolstra adjusted one. Uh, Steve Kerr adjusted one or could compete. Um, Doc Rivers adjusted and could compete and had some bad breaks when it came to health-wise uh, when it comes to injuries. But those guys adjusted. The teams that don't adjust are the teams that continually don't don't win, don't play, and that unfortunately, um, you know, that's what becomes of them. Uh, but I, I, I again, yeah. I, I bring it back to the money because a lot of times the money tells you it all. And I was telling you this in our first podcast. Guys make more money now off yes. the field, off the court, than they do with their game day checks. Now, is that said for the guys that are number 9, 10, 11, 12 on the bench? No. Those guys aren't getting Under Armour deals. But no. we've always known those guys will show up every day because their game checks are their livelihood. I am telling you right now, what, what drives yeah, guys' free true. agency deals and what drives their ability in terms of, quote-unquote, staying loyal, which I think is irrelevant because in corporate life, there is no loyalty. So, to me, these employer these players are, are employees and they need to make the best deal for themselves versus yep. committing to something like that because uh, civilians do it in their own life consistently and and they just say why well, did the best thing for my family yet no one judges them for it um but that is why those guys will make the decisions to go play where they play whereas before it was based upon what your game day checks were and this goes back to the jordan era jordan with branding changed how these guys approach their money and their careers. When, when we're talking about the top twenty-five stars in the league, yeah. uh, that, that's just really what it. That, that's, that's that's really true. what it is. And and people keep thinking that's why people keep yeah. thinking that the only era that existed in the NBA was Jordan. No, there was Bird, there was Magic, and yeah, they had Converse, but that was about it. And some of their NBA finals were on tape delay. Yeah, you know. So if yeah. Magic was out now, oh my God! I mean, just he'd, he'd be a trending topic. But with, with where we are right now in terms of AIDS awareness and whatnot, he not only would he be the spokesperson, but you would see him on there doing Trojan commercials. Like that's where we are. That's how far. No, that's where yeah. the marketing has grown, and that's where. I mean, in the eighties, you couldn't do that. It was it was a taboo. I'm just saying that his stardom would propel yeah. him even into branding where the money that he would have lost off the court. He could have made up off, off the court in this instance versus on the court. I mean, he's, he did that in his own way, but he did that in a time period that I think if he wasn't in L.A., it would have been hard for him to do. I yeah. think uh, we'll see how the L.A. thing plays out. How soon do you think Melo would be in L.A. if it was to be? It wouldn't be the trade deadline. It'd be before, would it? Like I said, I do think they're going to mm-hmm. take their time with it because technically he's still on the he's, he's mm-hmm. on the Rockets roster, too. He hasn't officially been taken off. The so team. he's going to put on waivers. So I and somebody has to clear say, him off of waivers. But he can say, I'm not going to anybody but the Lakers, so don't claim me, and therefore nobody will touch him. I could probably see this happening closer yeah. to New Year's. Right now the Lakers are on a good run. Like, they're winning some games, but that's not the show. I told you that. Run. I told you, know, you that. Then, then I say that yeah. the issue with Le- LeBron is that he's going to have to play games and the full length of games and, and, and grind them out just to keep pace on the win count for the four, five, and six spot because in yeah. the West, you can't take those games off and just say, okay, we're going to play the for the head-to-heads and we're going to play just so that we're in the yeah. five spot because between one and five is – no, no, no. I mean, the, the, the tightness between one and seven is like three games. Yeah, so I think yeah. that's going to take its toll. They're going to – everyone – they're going to have to – he's going to have an issue with that. And I think management and ownership is going to look back, evaluate it, and say, you know what? Let's he did that no in the second board. or third year um, in Miami, if you remember, where they were sitting wait for a third of the season, and he didn't like that. He knew that that's what they had to do. But remember, it was wearing LeBron out. I think it was his last yeah. season there. And the crazy part is 
Wade got healthier two two years later. He was playing more games than he was in that. And I was like, what what happened there? Was that just was that just blind luck yeah. talking about he had dropped foot or something like the knee and the leg were just it was just he was rotting in place as his body was. Um, but he even he voiced it then. Yeah, and I and I think that's why they lost the Spurs that year because Wade. He was wasn't no, himself. he wasn't, and, and and also they had lost some of the supporting. Remember, they had Battier. That was also they had a complete team. They had guys that came in and made plays in short yeah. stints that took the weight off of being all on LeBron. And I always say it like this: LeBron yeah. may not take the the. And I'll leave you with this: LeBron may not be that clutch guy in the last say ten seconds of a game, right? But LeBron carries the team for the first three and a half quarters. He sets it up, as I always said, for way too close. He always sets it up for that in that instance. Yeah, but I think if push comes to shove, he'll do it. No, he'll he do, do it. it. He, it's just that he, he makes – I, I always come back to what I saw him early on in his career, and it was against Detroit. He makes the Danielle Marshall play. The Danielle Marshall play is he's up yeah. at the top. It's, one, it's, it's four down, one up. He's got his guy beat. The defense collapses from the corner and the center in, and he throws the ball to a high percentage three-point, to a guy who shoots a three-point ball better than he does, who is set in place, wide open. And there, and if the guy doesn't make it, it's on LeBron. LeBron's getting hung. In my mind, yeah. that's the right play. He makes the right play, but it's the right play wrong time. That's the right play in the first quarter. That's the right play in the second quarter. That's the right play even late in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, you keep it and you do you do what you you're told in in in, in kindergarten and pee wee league not to do. You don't go no. You don't go one against three. But LeBron is different. He can yeah. go one against three because at worst he'll come away maybe with the foul. Or LeBron's one yeah. against three has a better chance of going in and you can live with it. What you're paying him and what the expectation is than you did kicking it to a Danielle Marshall who basically. Who's Danielle Marshall? But that's my point. He always has made the right play. Yeah. That's why his IQ's off the charts. That's why he's been great to watch. That's why he's the guy that lets you into his life. Jordan never let us in with Instagram. Uh, Tim Duncan never said but two words. These guys let you into the he, – he, we've yeah. never seen a guy be willing to do this. He's done it. He's put more kids through school than any other, I think, athlete ever has. Um, he's done more for the game and outside the game than I think anybody ever has. And whether if he ends up with, say, four rings instead of six like Jordan, you know what? I think he's going to end up having a better career for Jordan because his career is going to last long. His body's going to hold up a lot longer. Yeah. But if you ask me, that's where I think the, the game breaks on that. Um, I think if Melo gets there, it will be more of a reason for me to stay up and watch 1030 tip-off games. I agree because yeah. they're a struggle. They're, you know? Yeah, they're a struggle in that instance. But, but I, I think it's once you get to – you know, to get to NBA Finals, all those games tip off at 9 p.m. anyways. So – so it, it, it bounces, it bounces in the end. We'll see how um, the, the free agency or not the, the trade deadline does around trade deadline. But how Mellow goes is going to be interesting. I still say that the East is Boston or nobody else, really, because I, I have zero faith in Philly. I don't think they're health, and I think they talk more than what they actually can put up. And I see that in terms of Embiid's ability to do, be, the, be the man down low. I think he gets so caught up into the talk of it all that he becomes a perimeter player, if you want to believe me. It's just what it is. So um, I think it's as long as Kyrie's healthy, I think uh, that Boston team is coming out the East, and it could be Boston, L.A., and we would all love that. But yeah. uh, Golden State, I think until – unless Durant were to walk away from the team and splinter and say I'm not reporting back to, 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 the, to the team and I'm, I'm, I'm crawling away and not, and not playing, which I think would be impossible to do, it's, it's really theirs to win. But unless it got so ugly and something happened like Steph is hurt, Draymond's hurt, and it just looks like Durant doesn't want to shoulder the team. He'll try. He'll give his effort. But yeah. in the back of his mind, he's got one foot out. 
then you could see how that kind of falls apart and maybe somebody in the West beats them in six games or beats them in a in a game seven. But yeah. Warriors is health. And right now they got, what, Stephen Hurt. You got Draymond injured. It's early. I'm not worried about it. Better now than, say, March or April. But, uh, yeah, but I, I do, I do believe that Durant, I think, will be gone. I think it'll be L.A. But I think we'll oh, know it'll yeah. be L.A. in the beginning of the season when if, if, if Carmelo ends up being in L.A., before uh, mid-year, I think it'll allow Durant to kind of say, okay, uh, I'm not going to say nothing or argue or fight with you because I already know where I'm going. I got my boo lined up. You know, will you, you, will you stop fighting with your woman because you kind of already got that second girlfriend already there and you feel like oh, I got something to jump on to? That's exactly what it's going to be. You're going to stop fighting. Yeah. You're going to stop fighting for what Katie. you have because you got lined up what you want. Oh, he, he's just counting down the days. Like, LeBron texted him in the offseason, said, you know, are you open to coming here? And Kevin Durant watched that move from afar, and he loved it. And he said, you know what? Let me just do my three-peat here. You know what it is. They even have to text. So. You know, they do the, every year since, like, the last six, seven years, they work out. They run drills against each other. One of the reasons why LeBron yeah. got better as a shooter was, you know, if you can shoot over Durant, you're going to be a great shooter. Look, 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 if you notice, you notice when he yeah. got hot against Cleveland, you see those step-back three-pointers? He's never been a perimeter three-point shooter. Never yeah. and the game. Yeah, he, he's like always been streaky. He's always he been a streaky, a streaky shooter. shooter. But the game, the where he wasn't even shrinking, but he just had confidence in it. And, and Popovich was the one who pulled his card and yeah. dared him, which was, um, I'm gonna go under the pick. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go under the pick. Final. And LeBron went over the pick and shot the ball, and they went under the pick to defend him, and he hit that three. And they just said he can't make yeah. the jumper, so go under the picks. Don't let him turn the corner. If you go over the pick. He's going to create problems, break us down the lane, foul trouble, or get the mismatch, or he'll drive and get to the basket in the end one. Don't do that. Go under the pick. And he burned them with the jumper. Maybe he got lucky, but he had, a, he had about two key jumpers, yeah. and, that, and that was the one thing we said. Even, 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 even Popovich knows how to play him. Popovich coached him, is that he, that was the weakness in his game, that and free throw shooting. That's the only thing this guy's got is kryptonite. Everything else, the man is off the charts. And even his three-point shooting is honestly a lot better mm-hmm. than you know who. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, his three-point shooting, like he—he's a very to mm-hmm. me, he's an underrated three-point shooter. There's times where I see him pulling up for a shot, and before he even takes it, I'm like, okay, that's going in, and it literally goes in. He's a rely to me. He's become a reliable three-point shooter. That. I don't he's mind taking, taking the IQ three. That's what he's doing more of. But the problem here yeah. is, as the season in the West goes along, he's going to have to start taking shots because they're down so many points, or they got to hit that next basket, and it's going to start yeah. driving his numbers down. Now they're charting the Kareem yeah. Abdul-Jabbar. He's the only one I think that could possibly catch him because he's the only one I think that can play at a high level long enough. But Kareem was catching the yeah. ball three feet from the basket yeah. and dunking it. Okay, so there's a difference now that's yeah. going on than and then what LeBron's having to do. And then I think they played less games when Kareem was playing. Sort of. I think they played a few less games. Um, which yeah. speaks to even more how he did it playing less games. But I think you got Kobe there, yeah. and I think Melo's likes L.A., been in L.A. I think he'll end up in L.A. If, if there's no other ideal basketball fit, I think just off of comfort and regrouping, he'll end up in L.A. But L.A. will situate it so that it's not something they're going to bear a burden in. But because they just got LeBron, let's be honest. Yeah. Magic and Genie already have pretty much said amongst themselves – Let's play this thing out and let's spend whatever we got to spend. Now, if four or five years yeah. from now they haven't made it to the finals, you're going to see Genie and Magic show their true cause, and they're going to be like, "Look, we're not spending that much. We're not going to. We're not. We're not going to eat another fourth. Yeah. Or, we're not going to be a repeater tax, a repeat offender tax, and a luxury. And we yeah. ain't been to the conference finals. And LeBron, this is four years you being here. But in year one, you got the chance to get yeah. mellow, and you know you had your eyes on Durant. Regardless, um, I think if you haven't mellow. And James, and then you build with the couple of young pieces you got. Oh, that's plenty right there to, to really 
now you're competing, you're, you're, you're challenging Golden State for the conference finals, and now you have to ask yourself, Iguodala's yeah. getting a little up there. Uh, Steph's injuries, I've always said this, and you heard it here for us, Steph's downfall will be his ankles. He's not quick. He's yeah. a liability on defense. He's had ankle injury after ankle injury, and I know he's been winning and, and, and playing the way he's adjusted his game. I still believe that his ankles will be his downfall in his career where he'll be just out for five games with the ankle, good comes back in, down for 10 games with the ankle, you know, misses a couple games in a key series with the ankle, and then you're going to have Draymond. I think Draymond's going to be there, but Draymond could be to the point where he's having to bear so much and defense could just play him more, where his productivity drops because he's being keyed in on. And Iguodala, I think, will just take a better deal somewhere else because he's already sacrificed enough money. And likewise, you, you go out on your terms the best way you can for your family and for your livelihood. And that's how yeah. a championship team like that kind of dwindles. And I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna fall down to yeah. the number nine team, but they could fall down to being like three and four. But then who comes up as one is the Durant, James, Mello created, uh, created kind of yeah. team dynasty. We're definitely closer to the end of the Warriors than we are at the beginning. Like this dynasty. And is let's be honest, they've been in every. Yeah, this year would be what four years straight that they're in the NBA title, and they almost pretty much uh, win it three years out of four. I'll be honest, you start you start losing viewership. That's, I mean, even the Bulls didn't do that. That's why I said they'll probably yeah. be a better team than the Bulls. Yeah, it is already mm-hmm. kind of losing its zest. Like you never want to go into a season saying it's a foregone. It was Cleveland, Cleveland, Golden State, twenty fifteen, Cleveland, Golden State, twenty sixteen, Cleveland, Golden yeah. State, twenty seventeen, Cleveland, Golden State, twenty eighteen. Now that's LeBron. But my point being is we've actually had to see the same two yeah. teams for four years straight. So so this yeah. year was going to be so a half decade. It's losing its Because if he stayed in Cleveland, it was going to be a half yeah. decade of the same two teams and the same team won, you know, four times out of five. <laughs> just, I, I, you're losing, yeah. you're, you're losing so. your casual fan, and that's what drives your NBA is that you have to have the casual fan in any sports league. We're going to see yeah. how this mellow thing plays out. Uh, I'm going to get back to this Michigan-Ohio State. Ohio State's For winning 7 sure. nothing, but Michigan's driving right here, so yeah. i got to make sure I don't throw my phone against the TV. I've been known to do that when things don't go, things in these games yeah. don't go the way they should. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll let you get to Always it. Always a pleasure, man. I appreciate you, man. Uh, anytime you want me on there, man, just get at me. Uh, like I said, I'll try to work the time frame out, and then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get going. I know Super Bowl is going to be something, so you're going to have my take come that time. Oh, yeah, that's what I got to get. I yeah, because uh, I got my that. two cents about the NFL, and, and we end up seeing who's there, especially if it's New England. Yeah. Oh, I got my say <laughs> on that. But, uh, awesome. man, I will catch you on the flip side. It's always a pleasure. Right. Yep. Yeah, likewise, bro. Talk to you, sure. man. Take care. All right, take Bye. care.